0: Hello, hello,我是John老师 即刻点击下方资讯栏了解更多 hello, Back Sunday 在这个节目, Let's get right to it A monster wind turbine is appending an industry. Twirling above a strip of land at the mouth of Rotterdam's harbour is a wind turbine so large it is difficult to photograph. The turning diameter of its rotor is longer than two American football fields end to end. Later models will be taller than any building on the mainland of Western Europe. Packed with sensors gathering data on wind speeds, electricity output and stresses on its components, the giant whirling machine in the Netherlands is a test model for a new series of giant offshore wind turbines planned by General Electric. When assembled in arrays, the wind machines have the potential to power cities, supplanting the emissions spewing coal or natural gas-fired plants that form the backbones of many electric systems today. GE has yet to install one of these machines in ocean water. As a relative newcomer to the offshore wind business, the company faces questions about how quickly and efficiently it can scale up production to build and install hundreds of the turbines. But already the giant turbines have turned heads in the industry. A top executive at the world's leading wind farm developer called it a bit of a leapfrog over the latest technology. And an analyst said the machine's size and advanced sales had shaken the industry. The prototype is the first of a generation of new machines that are about a third more powerful than the largest already in commercial service. As such, it is changing the business calculations of wind equipment makers, developers and investors. The GE machines will have a generating capacity that would have been almost unimaginable a decade ago. A single one will be able to turn out 13 megawatts of power, enough to light up a town of roughly 12,000 homes. The turbine is capable of producing as much thrust as the four engines of a Boeing 747 jet, according to GE, and will be deployed at sea, where developers have learned that they can plant larger and more numerous turbines than on land to capture breezes that are stronger and more reliable. The race to build bigger turbines has moved faster than many industry figures foresaw. GE's Halliade X generates almost 30 times more electricity than the first offshore machines installed off Denmark in 1991. In coming years, customers are likely to demand even bigger machines, industry executives say. On the other hand, they predict that turbines will reach a point at which greater size no longer makes economic sense. Next article A scary energy winter is coming. Don't blame the Greens. Every so often the tectonic geopolitical plates that hold up the world economy suddenly shift in ways that can rattle and destabilize everything on the surface. That's happening right now in the energy sphere. Several forces are coming together that could make Vladimir Putin the king of Europe enable Iran to thumb its nose at America, and build an atomic bomb and disrupt European power markets enough that upcoming United Nations Climate Conference in Glasgow, Scotland, could suffer blackouts owing to too little clean energy. Yes, this is a big one. Natural gas and coal prices in Europe and Asia just hit their highest levels on record. Oil prices in America hit a seven-year high, and U.S. gasoline prices are up $1 a gallon from last year. If this winter is as bad as some experts predict, with some in the poor and middle classes unable to heat their homes, I fear we'll see a populist backlash to the whole climate-slash-green movement. You can already smell that coming in Britain. How did we get here? In truth, it's a good news-bad news story, The good news is that every major economy has signed on to reducing its carbon footprint by phasing out dirtier fuels like coal to heat homes and to power industries. The bad news is that most nations are doing it in totally uncoordinated ways, from the top down, and before the market has produced sufficient clean renewables like wind, solar, and hydro. But how did the bad news side of this story emerge so fast? Blamed COVID-19. First, the pandemic erupted and signaled to every major economy that we were headed for a deep recession. This sent prices of all kinds of commodities, including oil and gas, into downward spirals. This in turn led banks to choke off investment in new natural gas capacity and crude wells, after seven years of already declining investments in these hydrocarbons because of lousy returns. As Bill Gates points out in his smart book, How to Avoid a Climate Disaster, the only way to reach our climate targets is to shift production of all the big heavy industries, like steel, cement and automobiles, as well as how we heat our homes and power our cars to electricity generated from clean energy. Safe and affordable nuclear power has to be part of our mix because, Gates argues, it is the only carbon-free scalable energy source that is available 24 hours a day. Next article. Londoners are better off returning to the office as bills soar. City of London workers looking to save money may want to embrace the office over the winter as the cost of working from home soars alongside energy bills. Those prepared to go into the office every day could save about 50 euros, that is, 60 US dollars per week in January 2023 if they can walk, run or cycle into their workplace. That's thanks to the money they've saved by not heating a home for the whole day, according to estimates by price comparison site Uswitch. Those working from home in January could expect to pay around 175 euros a week in energy costs and other incidentals included in Bloomberg's calculations such as buying in your own coffee, a freebie in many offices. The combined cost of energy bills factoring in the lower consumption expected and five return trips on the tube from London's Zone 4 would be about €160 a week in January 2023, a €15 saving. For those taking the bus, the total cost is about €140, a €35 weekly saving. In both cases, any rise in the cost of the commute will eat into those savings. USwitch estimates that the average monthly energy bill could hit 683 euros in January for home workers, compared to 492 euros for those heading to the office. It assumes remote workers use 25% more electricity and 75% more gas per day, including from central heating. Coping mechanism People are going to be really struggling to heat their own homes and they are going to look for warmth in other places. We know that it is a coping mechanism that people use, whether that is going to a public space, such as a library or a church maybe, or whether it's going to work when you usually would work from home, Matt Copeland, policy officer at National Energy Action said. Those are the options people will consider and people will take to actually find warmth. The incentive to come into the office is likely to be welcomed by some in the City of London, where finance bosses have been pushing for a return to the office. Right now, less than half of workers in the UK's banking sector go into the office on an average day, and just 18% of insurance sector employees do so, according to a survey by Consultancy, Advanced Workplace Associates. Good job, and thanks for tuning in. 想要收听更多过去的更读单元以及节目, 欢迎到我们官网www.fifteenmans.today. 有兴趣John老师以及其他资深英语老师对谈的节目, 记得周末也要回来收听我们同情学英语。Catch you in the next one!